All right, welcome back to the big program. Really excited to welcome in our next guest to talk about what the Oilers are trying to match uh, next week. And uh, as we talk to Larry Murphy, former NHLer, Hall of Famer, and a member of the 92-93 Pittsburgh Penguins team. Uh, good morning, Larry. Welcome to Sports 1440 with Kevin Carey. Thanks for hopping on today. Hey, good morning, uh, Kevin. Yeah, no problem. Well, you know, this has been all the talk in Edmonton for several weeks now, the run that the Oilers are on. You guys had it going just over 30 years ago in Pittsburgh. Just to take us back, what do you recall of that remarkable 17-game winning streak the Penguins had? Well, it uh, it actually uh, led to our demise, uh, <laughs> I felt. Um, well, it's just because the fact of the matter was, it didn't matter what we did, we were winning games. And, I mean, we were a team, we were stacked with talent, of course, but uh, just uh, some bad habits crept into our game, and we you know, we basically ran the table at the end of the season. And, uh, yeah, we were win the President's Trophy, and then, uh, you know, we collapsed in the playoffs. And I, and I also, honestly, I looked towards that. Uh, as you know, it turned out that it wasn't the greatest thing, but you know, putting that aside, of course, it was uh, uh, it was quite an accomplishment in itself, uh, especially when you consider, you know, we didn't have you know, games could end in ties, we didn't have the three on three or the mm-hmm. or the shootout to win a game. So, I mean, it was quite it's quite a feat. Uh, so, um, something with I remember that team. We won the cup the two previous years. I thought I felt that was our best team. And uh, at that part of the season, no one could could touch us, no matter uh, if we were playing at a hundred percent or eighty percent. You know, that's such an interesting take, Larry. Do you think that had you had the streak earlier in the season, not at the end, creeping into the playoffs, it wouldn't have happened that those bad habits wouldn't have taken your way into the playoffs too? Yeah, I, I, I honestly think so. I mean, this is for the, uh, for the Oilers, I think this is a great time of the season to have this. Mm-hmm. I mean, they de- uh, with the start they had, um, uh, you know, it's uh, in, in playoffs weren't uh, – you know, we're looking so good. I mean, in order they they put this together. I mean, they're, I mean, playing great, of course, right now. And uh, um, it, it's, uh, I, I think that, but I, I always felt that going into the playoffs, if, the more meaningful games you play, and I'm sure they're going to be in a meaningful situation, uh, even with this streak and playing, playing for the division or the conference, um, that. You know they're going to have their they're they're going to be attention to detail is going to continue to be important and uh, I I just I look at this for the Oilers as something that's you know is going to catapult them into the playoffs which they after the start they desperately needed so I mean it's it's been it's great for the franchise and and for their chances you know of of, uh, of making the playoffs so yeah it's uh, um, <laughs> the timing couldn't be better for this team and they'll get in. You know, as I said, playing meaningful games at the end of the season, I think, always makes you a kind of uh, t- tunes you up for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, our problem that season was we were, you know, we ran away with it, and and uh, didn't games didn't matter really, and uh, it 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 hurt us in the long and and at the end of it. At, um, of course, in the playoffs at the end of that season. He had 56 wins wins that year as we're speaking with Hockey Hall of Famer Larry Murphy and a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins 92-93 team. Uh, Larry, what was it like to watch Mario Lemieux that year? He only played 60 games, but he had 160 yeah. points. Well, it was uh, Mario basically every year. Uh, yeah. uh, just a 
you know, tremendous talent. Uh, and for, you know, fortunately for Mario, looking at his career overall, I mean, he did accomplish a lot of great things. Uh, if his health had held up throughout it, uh, you know, he would have, uh, you know, who knows what he would have, you know, mm-hmm. what would have accomplished. Uh, he was a guy that, uh, for the majority of the time there, he de- dealing with health issues. He was never, you know, he played 60 games that year. I mean, we played playoff games where he couldn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, he almost came to the rink wondering if he was going to be able to go. I mean, that's the way his career was, and uh, for the for a, a large part, and just uh, you know, his great strengths, of course. Um, you know, just he was a great player, and, and and he utilized his reach and his size. I mean, no one got near the puck. It felt like at times uh, he could take a play keep away against the whole other, the opposition. So. Yeah, it was great. It, it was uh, Pittsburgh was a great experience for me because mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot of the lineups we were we were loaded with you know talent. We you know Kevin Stevens, we had Rick Tockett, Ronnie Francis, Yager, <laughs> Mullen. I mean, we just had you know we had tons of guys that could score, and uh, it was it was a it was you know, it was a fun time. And Mario led the way. He was uh, he was our best player, and uh, you know another tremendous season on his part. You know, <laughs> 160 points in those 60 mm-hmm. games. Larry Murphy, our guest on Sports 1440, you touched on Yarmer Yager. He was probably about 10 years younger than you were uh, at the time. And uh, our uh, co-host here, uh, Larry, on Thursdays is Ladislav Schmid, who went back to check over Christmas and saw Yarmer play in Kladno. And just your, yeah. I'm just wondering what you're thinking about uh, Yarmer Yager still kind of lacing him up. Uh, you know, he, he just loves the game and he's just doing it and doing it year after year, uh, even though right now in his hometown of Cladden. What do you think of that? Well, I, I, yeah, he lo- why not? I yeah. mean, he loved playing the game um, and he's at home. Uh, it was a great, a, a great situation for him and he's still at the level where he can contribute. Um, you know, he couldn't play in the National Hockey League, but... Um, you know he's he's loves the game. It's it's a it's a help for his. Uh, I think he has a some vested interest in that franchise. So it's obviously a a great draw when he you know, having him play. Uh, but he it just he, that was he loved the game right when I he was 18 years old when mm-hmm. I got to got to Pittsburgh and you know, as the, as the, uh, the cliche goes, he's wet, I was still wet behind the ears. I mean English was was difficult for him and and uh, you know the whole. You know, coming to North America was a was a was a big challenge for him, and he's got. But it was quite it was apparent right off the bat just how talented this guy was, and even at 18 years old, he had the knack of scoring the scoring big goals, you know, game winning goals, and uh, the ability to kind of to to really you know bring the fans mm-hmm. to their feet, and he um, he just continued that uh, throughout his career, and thought it, uh, you know it's it's. it's Tribute to his commitment, how you know conditioning and uh, his passion for the game. So I, I think it's great, yeah. and they're actually uh, um, retiring his jersey in uh, in Pittsburgh in a couple. I believe in a couple of weeks. I can't mm. make it unfortunately because um, I think I'm in Edmonton around that time working with the wings. I think so uh, too. Yeah, television. So uh, I won't be able to make the ceremony, but. Um, you know, well deserved uh, the impact he had for that franchise, the Pittsburgh franchise, and of course uh, throughout you know throughout his NHL career. Just want uh, one more question about your streak uh, in ninety two ninety three, Larry. Do you think or did you feel at the end of the streak you were winning games that maybe you shouldn't have? And it's kind of like the Oilers had a few of these, uh, you know, and wins thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Similar kind of situation for you. 
Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, we... Uh, it was almost like oh, we just got some games. It felt like we we showed up and we all we had to do was throw our sticks out in the ice and we we're going to win. And uh, that's why you know talking uh, off the top about just how um, you know, we're winning regular season games, but playing a style of hockey that would come back to bite you in the playoffs and exactly uh, what happened to us. So you know, I think because of, because the Oilers are in, in in a race right now that I don't think that's going to be an issue with them. The every it's just every every game is so important for them that when and they have been when they've shown up to play. Yeah, they they got lucky, you know, as you point out, there's along the way some games where you say they got outplayed but you know found a way to win. Uh, but for the most part, uh, the attention to detail has, has been real strong. With, I mean, you talk about the Oilers while they're doing so well. Um, it it's always comes into discussion how good goaltending has been and, and how responsible the team has been defensively. It's been a big part of this uh, this success. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's po- nothing but positive for this team. So, th- I think it'll serve them. It, as I said, it's, it'll serve the Oilers a lot differently than it did for us in Pittsburgh. And so, I mean, it's, uh, um, I mean, they're going to run in, I'm sure they're going to run into some adversity before we get to the playoffs and, and you'll see how, see well, how well they handle it and dealing with the challenge and dealing with that pressure. And, um, and I mean, I expect, I expect that Edmonton will be, you know, be, be a force in the playoffs without mm-hmm. doubt. Now to pick them as a favorite to win the Stanley cup, I, I think is, you know, uh, on the betting line is a bit of a, is a bit of a, uh, exaggeration, but still, I mean, they're they're definitely in the conversation of winning the Stanley Cup and legitimately. Larry Murphy with us uh, on Sports fourteen forty. Uh, as you mentioned, Larry, the Wings are here on the thirteenth of February, so uh, you will uh, be in our fine city at that point. And uh, doing analyst work with the Wings, how do you think Detroit's been looking so far and moving into the second half? I guess with Patrick Kane coming back shortly too. Yeah, it's uh, December was was uh, disastrous for them in terms of results, and January the the team had turned things around. Patrick Kane has has been a real nice addition. He's been injured of late, uh, but uh, the Wings' problem uh, in the past had been just you know they'd have two or three guys, and if the opposition could shut them down, they had they had uh, uh, nothing beyond that. And I think I mean the Oilers had points in their in the last number of years where where that you could say that was a situation with them no longer and that's no longer the case with Detroit they've got um, you know much more depth uh through the lineup and uh the goaltending is solidifying you know that's uh, that seems to be you know all you can't get around that you only the playoffs you really only go as far as your goalie takes you so you got another, that they're still in the they're still in a, in a in a tight race i mean they're hanging on to a wild card spot they've got a couple of points buffer right now but and they're going to have to continue to play at the same pace in order to make make the playoffs. But it's definitely um, uh, it's it's first time I would say in gosh five or six seasons here where if the Wings don't make the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of disappointment <laughs> around the city of Detroit because it's right there for them. That's not a given by any means because the West, the East is just so deep. But hey, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's an exciting season and and uh, and they if they continue as they've done in January, look out. I mean they're. You know, they could yeah. they, they could win the division. I mean, that's obviously I'm not. It's a, that's a huge stretch by any means, but I mean that's that's the, how they're putting up points of late. As a hockey Hall of Fame defenseman, Larry, how would you assess how most siders played this year compared to last year? Well, I think uh, 
his I, I think he, he's comfortable and kind of found his niche. Uh, he's and I'm not I wouldn't call him a niche player by any means. He he's uh, he. Any sort of difficult situation, he's the first guy that's over the board. The coach sends, Malone sends over the boards. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's just as uh, a big physical force out there. Has been very, uh, very strong defensively. Every night he just plays against the the other team's best players, and and uh, his progress has come along. I mean, he's. Uh, um, he knows now. He 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 knows now what is uh, what he can do. Uh, he's comfortable with that. He plays with tremendous amount of confidence. He 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 picks his spots much better when he gets involved offensively. His timing's much better. So it's just you know it's a guy that's got you know three seasons under his belt and uh, just you know I'm sure uh, you know it's not this season, but um, if his if his trajectory remains the same, I mean it might be in the Norris Trophy discussion at some point, but. Um, and that's you know that's something that could be ahead for him. But right now he's he's the Wings' number one defenseman, and uh, he's he's the guy that they count on in a lot of situations. Uh, one last one for you, Larry. Uh, you were in Detroit uh, for a half dozen years or so, and Kenny Holland was there. Obviously, Kenny here and kind of you know on the back stretch, the home uh, seventeen eighteen of his career. Uh, what do you make of of what Ken has accomplished and what he's just trying to do here? What would hopefully be a, a great ending to a, a great career for Kenny? Yeah, uh, I mean he's a proven winner um, without a doubt. Uh, um, you know, and that's a result of, uh, you know, obviously skill. There's, there's being a general manager. There's skill to it. There's making, you know, making right decisions. There's uh, somebody that's very, com- extremely committed to the job. Um, there's no lack of, uh, of effort by any means at any point in time in his career. Um, he, he just with Edmonton, you know, he just uh, uh, the situation there. Well, they. It look the team need to be more rounded and uh, rounded out, so to speak, and he's he's done exactly that. And um, I mean, I would love to see him uh, win the cup this season. Um, you know, Kenny was he was when I got brought into Detroit, he was he was assistant general manager at at the time, mm-hmm. but for most of my time there, he was uh, he was the GM. And um, you know, guys really appreciate uh, a straight shooter. I mean, he's just a guy that wants to win, treats everybody. Uh, fairly and uh you know i knew he would do it i mean he's really put that put a great order team together uh took a you know he built it over the years and um hey i just hope uh well you know he ends up hoisting the cup this season of course if it's not detroit uh you know i'll put that <laughs> caveat on that yeah. comment but um uh, hey i love to see it i love to see it hey larry thanks so much for your time coming up uh, on the show on kind of short notice as well uh good luck uh with uh, detroit uh, and the red wings and uh we'll see you soon thanks for uh coming on appreciate it hey you're welcome kevin take care yeah that's larry murphy hockey hall a famed defenseman uh, now analyst with the uh, detroit red wings and boy i mean he had you can't the career that larry murphy had it's just in the numbers that he put up 1615 games he played and he put up 1216 points in the nhl hockey hall of famer i mean longevity uh was a number four overall draft pick way way back out of out of peterborough with the peets in 1980 with the la kings and it almost you almost forget that he played for the kings you know uh and you know what? To be honest with you, I think the Toronto Maple Leaf fans should be ashamed of themselves for how they handled Larry when he played there. They basically drove him out of town. 
How's that sound? And then he ends up to go to Detroit and wins a couple of cups. Yeah, not uh, not too bad of a result for him as a result. But, yeah. I mean, hey, yeah, this uh, this city, I think, has certain uh, opinions and stuff about the, you know, the idea of running players yep. out of town. Uh, you know, people think it's happened here, but players will make the decisions they want, and sometimes it's for the better, and I think that can certainly be said for uh, the case of Larry, like you said, going on to win a few cups with the Red Wings. Imagine if he would have played in this day and era. Um, when you look at it in Toronto, that was in 1996 and 7. Imagine <laughs> how rabid things would be now. Oh, God, yeah. That's brutal. Uh, when we come back, Cody Jansen, Saskatchewan Rush, play-by-play broadcaster, First question is going to be, how many dogs could you take down? And we're going to get probably your I, – I, we've talked about this. How many dogs you could crush, Duke? Yeah. Would you do Would you do like uh, the Kobayashi no. and, and Joey Chestnut's going to be there? You wouldn't take the bun out of the dog? And- That's like watching that, watching the, the Nathan's <laughs> contest on July 4th is like one of the most repulsive things that you can watch a human being do that isn't, you know – criminal activity oh. but i think it's like borderline like it's it is gross some of the hot dogs you know you get the normal size hot dogs and then you'll get the skinnier ones then there's got a little more girth to them the slender glizzies well like when you buy those 12 like who i don't know who buys those 12 packs that are just jammed like together they're the size of a pencil in those packages <laughs> yeah like, give me a break I, I i like a nice a nice hearty dog and uh the my preferred way, which is not the way you would eat them. You're boiling them. I know you're... No, no, no. I'm I'm not a boiling... I like them on the grill. On the grill is the best. Do you slice the... Like split them? No, well, you can split them, or you just make a couple of just little... Notches. Notches so so they don't split. Well, yeah, yeah. so if I'm cooking some Smokies, I I obviously... But that's also usually a good way to indicate that they're cooked all the way through, and like your cheese is going to be nice and warm on the inside, is once they pop, Hmm. the, the uh, the cheese splits them. But, uh, no, I don't usually make the notches. I just, like, throw them on the grill, uh, raw dogging it, as uh, as the expression goes. But over a nice campfire, too, which is comparable to grilling, of course, mm. kind of by the same method. Um, but you get a little wood and a more natural wood smoke flavor with over the right. <laughs> over the campfire. Duke, you're probably, uh, yeah, I could see you're probably a microwave hot I, dog guy. No, but my dad does that sometimes does in he? a pinch, and I'm just like, what are we doing here? Oh, like, man. we'll come in for, he's like, yeah, I'll make us some lunch. <laughs> he just throws a couple dogs in the microwave. I'm like, oh, come no, on. I'm like, at least, like, put a pan on the stove and, and just sear them or not something. Not even a bun, probably just bread, white well, bread. Well, it depends if we have any buns in the house, which is usually no, so then you just take a slice of bread and fold it in half. Make oh, yourself a bun. Outstanding. <laughs> when we come back, uh, Cody Jansen from uh, Saskatchewan Rush will be our guest. Coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right. She's a barrel of monkeys tonight and this afternoon and right now because we're going to bring in Cody Jansen, Saskatchewan Rush play-by-play man as the Rush gets set for a big game tomorrow. But a big promotion, Cody, as you're bringing in Joey Chestnut. That seems like the the guy everyone wants to talk about. (laughs) He is, I I mean, incredible, right? That's that's something. We got people driving in from Edmonton just (laughs) to see Joey Chestnut. It's hilarious, but what a cool, I'll call him a celebrity, that's coming out to a game, right? That's Hmm. incredible in my mind. So you're calling it Febtoberfest. 
Yeah, it's a full-on, you know, it's, it's a play on Oktoberfest. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's seen the SNL skit. If you haven't, look it up, Febtober. It's it's a hilarious bit. But essentially, you know, the, the Rush business staff ops behind the scenes game day has turned this into a whole evening in itself. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, kind of German-themed. They're giving away beer steins to, you know, fans coming Ooh. in attendance. Joey Chestnut's coming, $2 hot dogs, $5 beers all night. Jay Onright's going to be here emceeing the, the halftime. They're, they're doing a mini donut eating competition against a bunch of fans <laughs> at halftime. So it's going to be a gong show, but it's what we love about sports, right? Mm-hmm. It's that, that thrill, that entertainment, and anytime you, you get a chance to bring in a name like Joey Chestnut, I, I think that's awesome. So is Joey going to do some sort of an exhibition eating contest or... Yeah, so it's it's kind of crazy, actually. He's got some official deal with, like, Nathan's Hot Dogs, so he can't competitive eat hot dogs at any of these events. So it's got to be something else. And one of the biggest sellers at Rush Games and Sastel Centers, Mini Donuts, fans go crazy for it. The line's always ridiculous. Uh, so we're going to do Mini Donuts. And so at halftime here, he's going to eat, uh, I, I think it's like three or four, Four fans, maybe it's more, <laughs> that are going to, you know, essentially have an eating contest against Joey Chestnut. So I just, I think it's just great that he's not allowed to eat any hot dog besides a Nathan <laughs> hot dog. And it's, uh, again, I, I get it. That's sponsorships. That's yeah. the world we live in. It's great. But, uh, you know, kudos to him for still, you know, showing up. And, and he's going to do a huge meet and greet with the season ticket holders before. Like, I, I've known people that have talked to him before, and they say he's a great guy. So I can't wait to meet him tomorrow. Uh, I just think it's a wonderful, um, you know, and another example how the Rush, even when the Rush were here, you know, went and kind of thought outside the box to kind of promote and bring in, you know, whatever it is to, you know, draw interest, drum up fans. And, uh, you know, just kind of make the rush relevant and, and, and be a big part. How, how would you say the team is uh, looking on the, on the uh, lacrosse court? What would you say? How, how have the rush been so far this year, Cody? It's been a tough start. It's been, you know, you lose three games by one goal and an empty netter, essentially. One was an overtime. But the, the crazy thing is, is they still have, like, the seventh-best goal differential in the league. And, unfortunately, it's just been a couple of bad bounces or, you know, opportunities that just haven't knocked at the right time. So, for, for one of the youngest teams in the league, one of the least experienced, yeah, no one did expect them to start the year 5-0. and but, but for where they're sitting right now, the expectations are definitely higher. And so Derek Keenan's jumping back behind the bench. That's a name that Edmonton mm-hmm. lacrosse fans will be super familiar with. So Bruce Alexander got you know, relieved of his duties here. Derek Keenan, the winningest coach in NLL yeah. history, back behind the bench. And, and I think that the the team as a whole has really it sucks with Holden Garland going down with the injuries. That's one of your best defenders. He's your top lefty. He's playing the most minutes out of pretty much anyone. And so to have him go down, that that's your veteran presence on the back end, right? It, mm-hmm. To put it in Oilers terms, it, it'd be like them losing Darnell Nurse. And I know that, <laughs> that's a hot topic right there. But you, you get what I'm saying is when you lose that anchor, that guy who you're relying upon to be you know, playing almost half the game, it, it means everyone else has to pull a lot more weight and when everyone else is a lot less experienced and younger you are going to run into some hiccups cody jansen saskatchewan rush play-by-play man our guest on the kevin carey show on sports 1440 so with with the uh, derek keenan coming back uh, and behind the bench and making the change 
was it a sense where he needed to be more, I guess, hands-on in, I guess, sort of trying to develop and, and foster and nurture a younger team? Absolutely. I, I think he is one of the greatest lacrosse minds to, to ever come through the sport. And so he wants it to be a little bit more hands-on here. He, he wants to be a little bit closer to the action versus, you know, your typical GM spot up in the booth. Sometimes mm-hmm. maybe you don't get it, the, the correct temperature on everything that's happening on the bench, you know, at practices, a few of those things maybe he felt he was a little too distant from. And so him stepping into that role while still holding the GM title, he still believes this is a playoff team, and I think everyone does. It just comes down to maybe there is a move or two that, that's needed to be made. So if he's a little bit closer to the action, maybe he gets a better sense of you know where he thinks those adjustments or changes need to happen. And maybe it is just a little adjustment on the floor. You know, mm-hmm. He was one of the first lacrosse coaches to truly bring in the, the analytical side of the game. And so he was very focused on that later on in the Edmonton days, helped him win championships. And for Jimmy Quinlan, I'd say he's a little bit more of a player's coach coaches on vibes. So I, I think having the the combination of the two of them, you, you should expect to see results. And I, and I think that's exactly why the move was made. Cody Johnson with us on sports 1440. So tomorrow's tilt against Panther city um, kind of give us a little uh, preview, a little tee up for that one. This this is a it's an awesome matchup. I, I think people would consider Saskatchewan the Texas of Canada, and so you really got a matchup of two. Uh, yeah, I'd say hardworking teams, teams that generally aren't known for being super fancy or skilled, and it's going to be physical. It's going to be a defensive battle. It's going to be Panther City's 3-3 three and three this year, mm-hmm. too. It's not like they're having the best season in the world, but they also believe that they're a playoff team with championship aspirations, and so you've got two teams that have got off to less than ideal starts, and for... I I think for Alberta lacrosse fans and Saskatchewan lacrosse fans, I I know this is going to be one of the most watched games with just the amount of family members coming to town Mm -hmm. because you consider all the Alberta area products on the Panther City squad. Starts with Jordan Cornfield on the bench, their director of player personnel, huge presence with the Edmonton Senior B minors. Then you've got Matthew Goche from St. Albert. He was a first-round pick. He was a star for the Junior A minors this past summer along with Ronan Push. You've got Brenton Mitchell uh, from Thorsby, Alberta. Uh, Cam McLeod backed up with the, the Senior B minors as well. And so there's a lot of that like RMLL connection and I think that's the coolest thing I I know your producer Brandon would definitely agree with that when when you see players in your own backyard making the step to the National League and the lacrosse ranks that's really cool and then on the Saskatchewan side you've obviously got Jimmy Quinlan Camwin Greniuk Mike Triolo more more boys from the prairies so this game is it it means a lot it's a lot of bragging rights over summer with this one (laughs) Uh, you know what's funny uh, Cody I bumped into Jamie Bowen the other day, uh, about two weeks ago, he was at a Boston pizza having lunch with Jason Strudwick. And I can tell you right now that Jason Strudwick wasn't, his arms were not even close to picking up the bill, picking up the tab. It was either Jamie and there was another gentleman with him. I can't remember his name now. Struds wasn't even close to buying the tab, getting the tab. But I asked Jamie how his son Jake was doing in uh, in Saskatchewan. And he says, well, still on the practice roster, but working hard. So just give us a, a little update there. I, I think for Jake, the biggest difference 
because he's still young, right? He, he just played his first year of senior over summer. He's coming off the junior ranks. He, he's, you know, 22 years old. It's such a change with how much quicker you have to think. And that's been the biggest difference. I think plays happen a little bit faster, and that's what Jake's adjusting to right now. That's why he's still on the practice roster versus a Cam Greniak who's now seen the NLL level for two, three years. And that's kind of the battle for that fourth lefty forward spot where Jake would be in. But when Graniak's seen it, and he's played and experienced it now. So for Jake, he's experienced it for three months. Right, So I, I, I do think you can see the progression in him. Mean, he's definitely maturing. He's definitely figuring out the systems. But to, to put it in hockey terms again for listeners, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of a Dylan Holloway situation here. Is you know, you, you know you've got a heck of a player ready or you know, lined up for the future. But if you just rush him in and just throw him into the fire, there's a chance they crash and burn. And, and you don't want that with a high pick like, Jake Bowen, because I do think that there is the potential, and they see the potential for him to be a you know a really good left-handed forward for a long time in this league. Are you going to crush a couple bags and mini donuts before the game in the broadcast booth? Well, I would love to. I don't think those will sit too well. I'm, I'm not big on you know the eating bread and dough before the game, but if Joey Chestnut says I have to have a hot dog or something, uh, I'll do that for him. Maybe a mini donut or two, but. What a cool! I, I think he's the. Where do you guys stand on this? Because I call him the greatest <laughs> athlete of all time. Wow! Because I don't think anyone else could do what he does, world record wise. Like, you've got a better chance to beat Usain Bolt's record instead of Joey. Oh Jeff. no! Well, come on. Let's not <laughs> let's not get totally carried away here. Uh, Brad just texted in and said Joey Chestnut is in the conversation for best athlete of all time. I agree with him. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Let's. Let, I think we can leave. Uh, you know, sub ten seconds out of the conversation here for most people. So, hey, uh, Cody, thanks for coming on. Uh, have a good call tomorrow and take it easy on the mini donuts. Always a pleasure, Kevin. Take care. All right, that's Cody Jansen, Saskatchewan Rush, play-by-play man. Joey Chestnut in the house tomorrow. So, not eating hot dogs, that's too bad. I wouldn't mind seeing him, I don't know, crush about whatever he would. I'm not not saying do 60, 70, 80 or whatever. The, but just watch him like, like almost ah, like, a, like a little a snack. Like just slurp him back. Just a snack. How many hot dogs? Okay, we're not putting them in the beer or the water, or whatever. Just eating them. Like you're how eating long, them normal. How and long do I have? I don't know. Like, say, how about during an intermission? Like, let's just say you were, uh, or at halftime. If okay, for one thing, I, I don't think I've ever had a hot dog at a hockey game, like an Oilers game. But I, 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 I might have had one at, a, at an Elks game. That's, a, that's funny it's, you bring that up. I was trying to think. You know, you literally, as soon as you said that, that's where my mind went to think. I always get a dog at the golf course. Yes. That's like automatic, of course, at the turn. You go in and get to refresh your your um, your cup holders, and you get a glizzy for the back nine. Yeah. Uh, a little ketchup. I'm, I'm kind of uh, differential to whether you want to put mustard and relish on it. I could take it or leave it. I love it when they got the little uh, toppings bar, some banana peppers. Yeah, or, or some sprinkles. kraut. I, I'm not a big kraut guy, but I get it. I mm-hmm. get the appeal. Uh, some onions, whatever. Yeah. In Let's just say an intermission of like the Bears game tonight. Okay. How many standard-sized boiled hot dogs with buns could I eat? Yeah, how many? I'd put one strip of ketchup on it. A little bit of mustard, maybe. Maybe a little mustard, too, a little okay. extra lubrication okay. for down the gullet. I would never put ketchup on a hot dog. That, that's like some people consider that blast of doesn't belong there. And to me, like, just put on it whatever you like. like maybe <laughs> on a burger, ketchup, but not on a hot dog. And don't say it's a tube steak, blah, 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 Duke. I'm, you I'm can not, put mustard on a hot dog. I'm not saying that. Okay. Um I think I could probably eat 
three or four. In so in a in a hockey intermission, like so tonight. Yeah, like at the Drake tonight. Okay, the hot dogs at the Drake are pretty big though. Hmm. I just see pretzels there all the time. I haven't seen really. You got to go back to like out of, out of, technically out of the Drake into the Van Vliet to the concession oh, over there yeah, to get the know, dogs. I'm, I'm not going out there. Um, I probably you, you don't get you don't get any further than I'm, an arm's reach uh, away from the beer line. Yes, that's right. I'm, <laughs> I'm very proud of that too. I would say if they had a hot dog vending machine down by the glass there, <laughs> vending machine, yeah, you know, like the freeze dried like, dogs. Well, similar to what uh, Kramer ordered in the theater. You know, this is a perfectly sane hot dog. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> on the, am I insane or does that thing look disgusting? It's a perfectly you, sane. I could probably, I would easily <laughs> take down 10 to 12. In an intermission, yep, Kevin. In an intermission. I have seen you put away pizza. Yeah. So I think that's numbers. I would probably be taking the under on that. Just think, if, if, if you're equating a hot dog to... A, a smaller-ish, medium size of pizza. Yeah. A slice of pizza. Slice of, yeah. I could easily do 10 to 12. Because, like, that's only, like, 15 minutes. Like, you're eating one a minute? You get yeah. full so fast. Well, I'd love to. Saying, well, maybe we'll have to test it. Yeah. You and you and, and Schlemmer. Mean, may, maybe the, the, like, the 10 or uh, 15 minutes, I would need a good 15. I think it's 18 minutes for the intermission. Is that the time like, up on well, the Well, that's what it is in the, in the NHL. NHL. Okay. So. All right. So 18 minutes. 12 dogs. Um, now we're getting the text coming. And we'll get to some of those after the break. Uh, send us a text. Oh, playbook Vic wants to challenge. Him and Bob, like the two of them. It'll, it'll be at the same time. You have to engage in the hot dog eating contest while you're also competing yeah. against Bob in sports yeah. trivia. Playbook Vic hot dogs and then try to figure out the answers against Bob. Uh, we'll wrap up a, a great week uh, on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Get your hot dog text in. 1-833-401-1440. Stay with us. Oh, what a way to close out the week as we do. Every Friday, tons of texts coming in. And, uh, boy, Playbook Vic is all, he's worse than Bob now. He uh, needs some reference here. Are we talking 7 and 11 quarter pounders, big bite size, or just your standard 12-pack? Need very defined rules as well. Is dunking in water allowed? Does the dog and bun have to be consumed together or presented or we can consume separately, etc.? Playbook Vic. And then, so what am I in between bites? I'm, bites, I'm answering uh, also trivia answering Bob's questions. Question. Yeah, you cannot answer with your mouth full, of course. That's a bad manners. <laughs> um, no, play, Playbook Vic, with all this, it seems like uh, he might have partaken in some sort of hot dog eating contest before or something. Wow. It's very specific. Uh, to answer these questions, Vic, which in this <laughs> contest that will never happen. Yes. Um, no dunking, dog and bun. Like, eat it like a normal person mm-hmm. would eat it. Like, this is uh, a, a cool text from Fat Efren, and I'm going to tell you a story, a different story, and I've done this a few times, and it's <laughs> it, it's only a nine-hole tournament. Anyway, Fat Efron says, I've seen videos of people do nine beers, nine hot dogs in nine innings for a fantasy sports punishment. That's rough. Well, there's where you're hoping that you're looking at long innings. Yeah. And I, I assume this is at a, like, say you're going to a Riverhawks game. River Riverhawks River game. game, yeah. I think that's very doable. Uh, what I was getting, what this reminded me of, Duke, is been in a, a tournament with the boy. Not a tournament. It's more of a, it's just a... It's sort of a, a test, and it's sort of an endurance test. So it's a nine. You play nine holes of golf because that's all you can do. So you have a beer on the tee box, and then you have a beer before you putt out. You got to finish a full beer in those times. Yeah. So yeah. You, you're when you tee off, you you have a beer, 
So whatever, how long, you know, you're gonna, you can't leave the tea box till you're done your beer. Yeah. Then you have to have another one before you put before out, you finish your before hole. you finish the hole. So, so that, can, like, as hence soon as it's you, a nine hole tournament. As soon as you finish your one on the tea box, can you crack the next one and drink it throughout the whole, like yep. entirety of that hole? It mm-hmm. just has to be done. Yeah. Before your ball goes into the cup. Right. So sounds I'll, like a fun time. <laughs> well, again, you know, the whole by hole six or seven it's putting becomes everything becomes walking becomes difficult it's 18 (laughs) driving driving becomes pretty difficult (laughs) barbecue sauce on hot dogs is a game changer boys from miles brad says uh joey chestnut uh, that's no that was it we said that one already joey chestnut is in the conversation for best athlete of the year uh someone else came in and said best competitor not athlete uh, hmm. What? Um, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Just want to recap several uh, of big big news today. Todd McClellan fired as head coach of the Los Angeles Kings. Jimmy Hiller, old CWAP, takes over as the head coach in L.A. A couple of other notes. Sean Monahan traded from the Montreal Canadiens to the Winnipeg Jets for a first-round draft pick and a third-round draft pick. No money retained in the trade. Also, the NHL and the NHLPA have agreed on going back to a best-on-best tournament for the 2026 Olympics plus the 2025 edition of whatever you want to call it. World Cup, etc. Really, not the World Cup without several countries not taking part. Just um, the Canadians, the Americans, Finland, and Sweden. Those would be the three big news items of the day. NHL skills competition tonight. Connor McDavid will go in the fastest skater passing challenge, stick handling. Leon Drysaddle will go in the stick handling passing and the one timers. Also. Hey, big congrats to Stu Skinner, the second star of the month for January, announced yesterday after we went off the air. A 9.53 save percentage, 9-0, and and a 1.33 goals against average. Yeah, and you were going like, okay, well, who's the first star? And it was a worthwhile pick. Nate McKinnon had an incredible month of January, had 12 goals, 14 assists in 26 points in 12 games played. Uh... Spruce Grove Corey says, when crushing dogs at home, go with the cheese whiz. Playbook book, Vic says, barbecue sauce on hot dogs is blasphemy. I don't know. The cheese whiz sounds like a worse idea. You ever get that? I've never, ever tried. I don't even like like cheese on a hot dog. Like like if, if it's on oh, the barbecue, you roll a piece of yeah, cheese yeah. over top. I'm not really a fan of that. No, I'll have the cheese on there. Uh, grated cheese at the ranch hot dogs just underneath the bun. To start, and then the dog goes on top of it, melts it a little bit. Um, hmm. Oh, I get you what you're doing now, Duke. Uh, Duke was just uh, typing in some stuff, some ski notes and things like that. Yeah, the, and yeah. I, so the, just take this uh, to kind of do some clarification. Yeah. We had a text from Cole out at Castle Mountain, and uh, I don't know if maybe a listener had misheard something in the ski report. Castle Mountain is not closed. There are temporary run closures and mm-hmm. maybe some delayed openings because just like pretty well everywhere they're dealing with the you know some fits of rain and of course some less than ideal conditions because of the lack of snow and the warmer temperatures so castle mountain is not closed 
But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, some conditions are variable, not operating, uh, you know, the full slate of trails and stuff. But uh, Cole did say that hopefully some snow tomorrow. So uh, over the weekend, if you're looking to head out to Castle Mountain, probably pretty well anywhere down along the mountain ranges, um, hopefully some better conditions uh, upcoming for everybody. Rockford says chili on your dog. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. I love it. Did you ever go to the Dairy Queen? They used to have the chili cheese dog. Yes. And you almost, you couldn't take it out of the little cardboard container. You just slid it down. Bite by bite. And then uh, hopefully oh. what's what spills over catches in your little container, and then you can kind of just have that as like a second so snack. So good. It was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. So, Duke, what if Mark Spector sends you a text today and says, Duke, mandatory 6 p.m. meeting at RAT ahead of the Golden Bears and UBC Thunderbirds game tonight at Claire Drake Arena. I would uh, politely request, can I meet you at 6.30? Because I will be... Uh, You're here. I'm, I'm filling in on yeah. the, the Gregor show for uh, doing some digital producing as Declan is away for a couple of days dealing with some uh, yeah. some family issues. So uh, wishing the best to him and his family yes. um, during this. But So I'm, yeah, I'm just sitting in kind of running the YouTube stream for Connor and co-host or guest host, pardon me, Jason Strudwick. Oh, boy. Struddy's all amped up for his struds on today. He was teeing it up yesterday, and so we, we won't spoil it what it is, but uh, two, I think 4 o'clock when Wanye rolls in this afternoon is when that's uh, that's coming up on the Gregor show. So he's just fired up just for this segment because... Well, Struddy's always fired up. I know, I, but... I think he's... Of course, he still does uh, his own thing on the podcasting yeah. side uh, oh, with yeah. Brown and, and Shogger and stuff. Um, but to get back in, like, you know, the, the big chair, red light turns on on the mic. I think he's a little giddy. Uh, he had a great time yesterday. Lots of positive texts coming in um, over the course of the, the two to six portion of our programming, and I expect more of the same today. Ooh. You know, uh, Jerry from Bonton just sent me a text. We were talking about the beer stuff with uh, per innings, per hole, and I haven't looked at it yet, but it says Beer Mile. Check out Beer Mile, Wikipedia. So I'm assuming you have to drink a certain amount of beer while you run a mile. Yeah, I would guess. There's, I mean, like, there's all sorts. Like, even when you play a beer, you, do you know what Mario Kart is, Kevin? Mario Kart from the Nintendo? It would have been on even the original NES and the SNES. Well, I know, like, what I, I played Super Mario. Yeah, so there was, like, a, a racing version of it where they're in little no, go-karts. don't have that one. So Mario Kart, and okay. there's a drinking game very popular, I think, among yeah. uh, college students and stuff in the dorms that it's like you're not allowed, no drinking and driving, so you have to pull over to the side and come to a full stop to drink your beer or your drink or whatever you're having. And while you're playing the video game. So, but then, and so you can't drive while you're having a drink, but by the end of the three laps, your drink has to be empty. Oh. So some people like just right off the start, gas yeah, the yeah. whole beer and drive their three laps. Some park right at the finish line, finish it, or some, you know, stop each lap. They're different. Hmm. But there, there's a million variations of what you talked about. The the texture talked about the baseball game, your golf game, uh, <laughs> beer, your cart. It's, uh, there's lots of creative ways to consume some adult beverages, and I appreciate all of them pretty oh. close to equally. I might think. have one tonight at the Claire Drake. Yeah, I might mix one in. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Uh, great week, Duke. Uh, thanks for all your help again, and uh, thanks for Eddie coming in, uh, obviously, for Bonton Bakery, and thanks for Edgar bringing in all the treats uh, from uh, your daily bread to Celebration Cake. Bonton has that and more for all your baked good needs. Uh, order online at bonton.c. There'll be stuff here for Smithwick when he gets in here at 2 o'clock. I call it Stretty Smithwick, you know, because that's a beer. Yeah, but it's like, uh, does he have, like... Chitwick, did he ever something like that? I think uh, he had a title on his uh, his version of the video stream or something. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. I mean, remember, he chirps me. I chirp him. We have a great relationship. Thanks to all our guests that uh, came on today. Really appreciate the time and effort, and especially at, you know during All Star break, it's tough. 
people have time off too. Uh, Anadua, Mark Spector, Lawal Ugwak in studio with Eddie Steele. Uh, amazing. Good luck to Lawal and signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Jeff Chedia, NFL.com, Scotty Edwards from Pandas Basketball, and Cody Jansen, Saskatchewan Rush, play by play. Top of the hour. Top of the hour. It is Fantasy Frenzy with. The former Rashep Tebert. <laughs> I'm switching it up on well, you. Well, yeah, you're Connor keeping guess in here. Yesterday yeah. I was about to lean into the mic and you just kept going, and I came in with the tagline. Yeah, you know, variety, spice of life. <laughs> uh, that's coming up at uh, 11 o'clock till 12, and then uh, 12 till 2 will be, well, it's uh, the lowdown with uh, Alan Mitchell, and then 2 to 6. The Jason Greger Show with special guest host Jason Strudwick. Uh, that's 2 to 6, taking us home. Top of the hour again. Fantasy Frenzy, thanks so much for everybody listening and being a part of our show and texting all of the great texts coming in. I really appreciate it. Uh, we will see you back here on Monday. Have a wonderful weekend. Good luck to the Bears and everyone else this weekend and the Pandas. Uh, good luck. Uh, we will see you back here Monday. Fantasy Frenzy, top of the hour. Before that, here is a Sports 1440 update with the Duke.